0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Provincial Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang and get an update on the crops. Up first in today's country comment, we'll hear from Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Earlier this week, it was announced that the Manitoba government will invest $62 million in programs under the AGRA Recovery Framework that will be designed to support livestock producers affected by this year's drought conditions. The money will ensure producers have options to retain and care for their animals while also supporting the longer-term sustainability of the livestock sector. I caught up earlier this week with Ag Minister Ralph Eichler.
1: Basically, what this is, what we're establishing... Uh, some steps to try and eliminate the sell-off as many cows as we can uh, to ensure not only that they have feed available to them, but uh, also transportation to bring food in, uh, feed sources from other parts of the province. Um, on my tour, one thing I saw, Corey, that that uh, it's so sporadic. There's some real good crops out there. There's some that are not so good that's been made into green feed, but Talking to my colleague up in the Dauphin area, Brad uh, shared with me while we were in Brandon, there's lots of straw there, lots of farmers wanting to be able to help out. So, um, you know, we, we, I shared with them our website to, to be able to share that with producers that are looking for straw and other feed sources. So, uh, But also part of our program, Corey, and your listeners, is that we also have a program in there to reestablish the herd. Uh, so that would probably fall under Agri's stability. we put $52 million into that, assuming we can get federal support for it uh, to maintain and build a herd. Uh, because some folks are selling their cows off and we wanted a, a program for them, uh, again, to put hope back into the window. Uh, there's lots of marginal land out there that's ideal for, for cattle but not so good for crops. So we need we need to have that not only because of our protein strategy, because it just fits nicely with, with some of the lands here in Manitoba. The other thing we have in at Cory is a program to actually take the cattle to the feed. Um, so part of the program there would be able to, you know, in the past, um, a lot of farmers in the Pearson, Millet area, you know, that, that, that area of the, of the province can be pretty dry from, from year to year too. So... Going back into the early 2000s and even back into the 90s, they'd haul their cattle up north to around the Narrows and get a lot of those folks to feed them out. That might be a different game this year. They're they're not sitting too bad. They, we may actually move some of the cows from up in that interlake country down south. So we put some money into a program for that. We also put up some money into a program to actually – start some new ventures. So we start pasturing some of that grain land where the combines come in, took the crop off, the straw's been baled, actually turn some cattle into those, put up some temporary fencing, and actually take advantage of that program to allow livestock again to have other sources of feed. Um, south of the border you see a lot of farmers that actually turn cattle into corn once that harvest has been taken off. And they'll leave them there until the snow comes. And they'll actually, uh, uh, some farmers even a little, little longer than that, because they'll, they'll actually, uh, with their, their hoops, uh, dig around and, and use their noses to try and find some more of that feed source. So I think there's some alternatives for feed sources as well that we want to talk about. And of course, as we continue our conversations with the federal government, Minister Beeble's office did reach out yesterday after our announcement, saying how can, we, how can we top up on top of our $100 million that we, we announced? What is it that's going to work well for Manitoba? As we've talked before in the past, Corey, there's not a, a silver bullet in all of this. We have to develop programs to meet the needs of producers. Uh, so it's ever-changing, and that's why it's so important. I want to thank you, say thanks to all those on my stakeholder groups there were uh, about 25 uh, groups that we uh, were involved with, not only Keystone Act producers, the beef producers, AMM and others that provided advice. Uh, and that, that committee will stay in place uh, until we get to recovery. Uh, so really important that we have others at the table. Uh, as I've said before, Corey, this is not about government. This is about partnerships. Uh, with the stakeholders to make sure we get the right programs in place and and, and in the right reason, regions um, where they haven't been impacted as much, but how they might be able to help out in ways to make sure the Manitoba stays sustainable short-term and long-term.
0: That was Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. Earlier this week, it was announced that the Manitoba government will invest $62 million in programs under the Agri Recovery Framework That'll be designed to support livestock producers affected by this year's drought conditions. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Earlier this week, it was announced that the Manitoba government will invest $62 million in programs under the EGRA Recovery Framework. That'll be designed to support livestock producers affected by this year's drought conditions. The money will ensure producers have options to retain and care for their animals, while also supporting the longer-term sustainability of the livestock sector. Here's Ag Minister Ralph Eichler.
1: Basically what this is, we're establishing some steps to try and eliminate the sell-off as many cows as we can to ensure not only that they have feed available to them, but also transportation to bring food in. Feed sources from other parts of the province.
0: Programs are currently being developed and will include funding for feed assistance, feed transportation, cattle transportation, and a herd rebuilding program. Earlier this month, the the Government of Canada announced it is ready to invest $100 million in its share of agri-recovery programs due to drought and wildfires. The province's pulse specialist says soybeans will benefit from this week's rain. Here's Dennis Lang. Not
2: expecting really big yields. Uh, overall on soybeans this year, I would probably guesstimate right now we're probably going to be averaging somewhere between 25 to 30, we'll say, right now. But uh, a lot will depend on the next next week or so if we get any more rains. Last year, we were upwards of um, 38 last year as a provincial average, so much stronger last year.
0: And with farmers in the Prairie provinces facing a dire hay shortage due to devastating and prolonged drought conditions, The Canadian Federation of Agriculture has begun work to facilitate a Hay West initiative to send surplus hay from farmers on the East Coast to those struggling in the West. The first Hay West initiative occurred back in 2002 when prairie farmers were facing similar circumstances. CFA will provide more information on the initiative as details become available. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, August 13th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the Executive Director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. The federal government has launched a call for proposals for the On-Farm Climate Action Fund. I caught up with Duncan Morrison. He's the Executive Director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association.
3: We thought yesterday's news was uh, really good news for Manitoba producers, um, especially those um that have been kind of monitoring this uh this on farm climate action and what's going to happen um you know to help farmers in reducing greenhouse gases and to build resiliency to climate change um with the um intergovernmental panel on climate change uh report this week we certainly um expected some kind of an announcement like this from uh, from the federal government and we're very uh encouraged by um the potential for Manitoba groups Talk
0: a little bit about some of, the, some of the things you guys have been doing lately and, and how, that, how that could fit in.
3: Oh, definitely. Well, it really seems to point in the wording. I mean, uh, it really seems to point to um, groups coordinating producers, and that's something that MFGA does uh, very well with. And through our uh, MFGA Regenerative Ag Conference, um, we've had outstanding support over the past three years from producers. There's a lot of interest in soil health. There's a lot of interest in uh, water management um there's a lot of interest in rotational grazing all those things have been featured in our conference we know there's a producer appetite for those topics um and also you know through some of our champions on our board uh the ryan boyds uh aaron nervis matt van Steelent who was the 2021 um tessa award winner uh as well as our chair larry wagner and all through our board really uh there's really a keen interest on uh on uh you know on farming uh with soil health front and center
0: chatted with Larry recently about some of the about the tour you guys held I guess talk about what you guys have planned in in the next little while here
3: yeah for sure well what's coincidentally uh, our plans have always been kind of in a you know in an eggshell as we've pushed it along because um, you know we don't know about the uh, you know about the restrictions uh, with respect to the pandemic but uh, we're really encouraged with the opening up we're really encouraged to give producers an opportunity um, you know, to meet in person, to hear from experts. Last week, uh, Ryan Boyd hosted a uh, Pandemic Limited um, tour at his farm, which is always very informative. Ryan's always uh, on the cusp of uh, of some really cool things that he's doing on his farm north of Brandon. And we're going to have uh, soon, we're going to have an another announcement about a second tour up at Shellmouth with uh, Nervous that we'll hold again in conjunction with uh, Ducks Unlimited Canada's Grazing Clubs. Um, which is another example of how, you know, when we're setting up these tours, how we work with uh, other groups such as Ducks Unlimited, such as the Watershed Districts, and how we might be able to thread together um, that type of, of uh, same structure uh, for something that's offered uh, by Minister Beebeau uh, in, the, uh, in the on-farm climate action as well. There's already a template of us working with other groups, You know, and and looking after uh, producers' interests, so it's kind of fits really nicely into that uh, on-farm extension work that we've been doing.
0: How are things coming together for your regenerative uh, egg conference later this fall?
3: Super exciting! Super exciting. We really, I mean, the pandemic has been a negative as far as putting uh, um, you know farmers in the in the in the actual hall. Uh, you know, um, it's kind of, you know, we've kind of been watching signals from the provincial government. But um, with that, we also prepared, uh, in with last year's bridge into this year, um, we have a very strong online agenda. We have a world global, um, we have um, speakers from um, Australia, from South Africa, from uh, Argentina, and they're all talking about, uh, you know, how they're doing things. And the cool thing is is we're going to do the online. We're not flying them in, which is nice on budget. Um, you give up a little bit over Zoom. But what's going to be cool is that if we can host it in person, which all signals are, we're going to be able to have some kind of a crowd in and, and, and hopefully a full crowd uh, when you look at the bombers and jets and what's going on there. So hopefully there will be um, conferences allowed. But um, you know, what's going to be cool is we're going to have an in-person component of producer panels, um, you know, that are going to kind of digest what uh, what the speaker just provided and, you know, and hash it out into a made-in-Manitoba-type um, uh, dialogue, which is always interesting to, uh, interesting to farmers.
0: Thoughts on, on the rain here this week? Or?
3: Uh, the rain, I think most from what I've heard, um, you know, the rain uh, hit some areas harder than others. Uh, this is all anecdotally. I know that we did a tour up through uh, the St. Rose area uh, last week, uh, or the week before um when it was it was really dry and our friends up there in uh, St. Rose were certainly struggling and, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the um concern around uh, grasshoppers as well and of course we all know how our friends in the Interlake are doing and and we just uh continuing to um you know to hope the best uh, I I think we I think it was uh much like uh, you know very much kind of a stopgap uh, you know, or maybe some good news and maybe probably as mentally refreshing as, uh, you know, as, um, as perhaps, uh, what might happen if, uh, if we got, you know, a, a whole bunch of rain to turn this drought around. But I mean, I think the thing that's key is that, um, to the producers out there is to know that the, the Manitoba, um, farm groups such as Manitoba Beef, such as Keystone Agricultural Producers, Manitoba Crop Alliance, um, you know the various livestock groups, bison and sheep, and and all the others. Um, you know the Association of Manitoba Municipalities were all in contact with each other, and we're all talking to the um, provincial government, who are trying to do, um, you know, tr- listening to um, the feedback that they're receiving, and also rolling out uh, their own information as well. Um, you know, as well as mask, and it's uh, we all know that the circumstances are dire, and I I've really not seen this type of um of cooperation before um and it's and while it's not uh, a simple band-aid on things as far as what what might be coming forward and whether it helps everyone across the board the thing is is there is discussion and from discussion can come good things and uh yeah we just a lot of thoughts for those affected
0: That was Duncan Morrison, Executive Director with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The annual general meeting for Farm Credit Canada is scheduled for August 18th at 1 p.m., Visit the FCC website for details. A Series Global Seeds tour is planned for August 18th at Del Mar Beauger, RSVP by emailing cunger at seriesglobalseeds.com. And the Canadian Beef Industry Conference has been rescheduled and moved to an online format for August 31st to September 2nd. Go to canadianbeefindustryconference.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, joining us now is the province's pulse specialist, Dennis Lang, to give us an update on the crops.
2: When we look at the pulses here um, across the province right now, uh, yields are variable depending on how much rain you got through the season. Uh, Lows of 20 and highs of 50. Um, And they're not all off yet in the uh, northwest corner of uh, Manitoba, up in that Swan River. Um, There's more to go in that area. Uh, even there, talking to a few people uh, in that area, uh, the yields are in that forty bushel range right now. Uh, you know, thirty-five to forty. But there are some uh, peas that are still going to be coming off uh, that might be a little bit higher yield because they're a little bit uh, they got a little bit more rain. So, the early estimates uh, for provincial yields for peas are going to be somewhere between thirty-five and forty for an average. Uh, so much lower than what we've seen uh, last year at the high of fifty-seven. Um, when we look at other crops, uh, for example, uh, soybeans right now, that's the one where this rainfall I think will have the most benefit for um, just because we're at that stage now where the pods are filling. Um, and um, that will definitely be beneficial. Uh, the you know, Alpona, St. Joe area, they got some significant moisture here uh, right around that two-inch mark, and then other areas were kind of more variable. But that rainfall definitely will help those beans uh, in areas that didn't get that rainfall and, and lighter textured soils, um, starting to see some of the soybeans, uh, uh, prematurely die off because of how dry things are. So, um, not expecting really big yields, uh, overall on soybeans this year. I would probably guesstimate right now, we're probably going to be averaging somewhere between 25 to 30, we'll say right now, but, uh, a lot will depend on the next you know the next week or so if we get any more rains but uh, uh last year we were upwards of um, uh, thirty eight last year as a provincial average so much stronger last year but of course rainfall is uh just you know not a, not as uh, um, there's not as much of it this year and there's a lot a lot more crops that are uh, stressed out about it so um, to, to finalize I guess dry beans right now um, we're probably going to be looking at somewhere between an average to slightly below average, uh, depending on what area that you're in. Um, you know, the uh, Winkler area is a little drier than it is further north. So, um, we're probably going to be looking at an average yield somewhere around 14 to 1500 pounds per acre. Um, and again, that rain will benefit those uh, dry beans at this point. So, that's kind of a quick roundup on the on the pulses right
0: now. So, wanted to uh, touch a little bit on um, IDC in in soybeans. Has <clears throat> that been an issue this year? Or?
2: Um the IDC was pretty minimal this year. Um, we didn't really have anything. There was the odd field that yellowed a little bit, but it only stayed yellow for you know three or four days and then it greened up. Uh, I was expecting in spring a little bit more uh, a little bit more iDC this year because you know before we had that snow, um, we did see a lot of uh, you know white uh, you know a lot of soil that had a white coloring to the top so lots of salt. But I think that snow cover that we had kind of washed those salts down a little bit, and uh, for the most part, the IDC was pretty minimal this year. Even even when we did our ratings at our trials uh, near Winnipeg this year, that is that site is prone to IDC. We really didn't see anything significant uh, like we have in past years. So overall, I think the biggest limiting factor this year on soybeans is just going to be that you know when you got when you get rains and if you got enough rain to kind of carry it through or not. So.
0: Any insect or disease concern or other disease concerns this year or? Um,
2: been hearing about some spider mites up in the bolgeser area on soybeans um, and uh, some pretty uh, pretty high levels according to uh, my colleague up in that area um, but other than that uh, Uh, for for, uh, the pulses really nothing to be uh, um, there was really nothing of any concern so
0: that was the province's pulse specialist dennis lang another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment time now for another look at today's farm news manitoba agriculture expects yields for pulse crops will be variable this year here's pulse specialist dennis lang
2: Early estimates for provincial yields for peas are going to be somewhere between 35 and 40 for an average, uh, so much lower than what we've seen uh, last year at the high of 57.
0: Lang also touched on dry beans.
2: We're probably going to be looking at somewhere between an average to slightly below average, uh, depending on what area that you're in. The uh, Winkler area is a little drier than it is further north, so we're probably going to be looking at an average yield somewhere around 14 to 1,500 pounds per acre. Again, that rain will benefit those uh, dry beans at this point.
0: He says the rain will also benefit soybeans. And earlier this week, it was announced that the Manitoba government will invest $62 million in programs under the AGRA Recovery Framework that will be designed to support livestock producers affected by this year's drought conditions. The money will ensure producers have options to retain and care for their animals, while also supporting the longer-term sustainability of the livestock sector. Here's Ag Minister Ralph Eichler.
1: We also have a program in there to reestablish the herd, so that would probably fall under agri-stability. We put $52 million into that, assuming we can get federal support for it to maintain and build the herd, because some folks are selling their cows off and we wanted a, a program for them, again, to put hope back into the window.
0: Programs are currently being developed and will include funding for feed assistance, feed transportation, cattle transportation, and a herd rebuilding program. Earlier this month, the Government of Canada announced it is ready to invest $100 million in its share of EGRA recovery. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday, starting at 12 noon.